Hey everyone, it's Colin Parker, your pod boss, your keeper, your best friend, and your baby driver. All right, John Ham, get in the car. I hope you have the money. I'm going to hit play on this iPod, and we're out of here. So hey, I'm not sure if you can tell by listening to my voice, but I have been a little under the weather. Uh, I apologize for missing the last episode. Uh, This episode that we're going to hear today was supposed to air two weeks ago. Um, And what happened was, is just a few days before the episode was supposed to air, we recorded uh, the next or the ending of this arc. And my voice was already starting to go. And you'll you'll hear it pretty full on. Um, I was losing it more and more throughout the recording session. I thought that maybe it was just allergies or something. Cut to a couple of days later when suddenly I was very, very sick. And I'm talking like, you know, fever of like 103. I'm talking like, you know, couldn't stay awake for more than an hour at a time. If even I was out of commission for like a week and a half. Unfortunately, my voice is still not 100%, but I'm hopefully, hopefully that's on the men too. Because if this is what I sound like for the rest of my life... That's just not good for many, many, many reasons. So anyway, before we head into the episode, uh, I just wanted to apologize for missing that last episode. Um, So we're going to hear now, uh, in just a couple minutes here, we're going to hear the episode that is sort of a flashback and an explanation of some stuff for Noctis, played by Lindsay Nelson. Um, We'll get to that in a moment. In the meantime, I wanted to remind all of our listeners that we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash the scavengers network. You can get uh, bonus content for this show. We've got a couple uh, bonus episodes for this show in the pipeline. There is bonus content from I Don't Know Radio. There's bonus content from Spooky Spouses um, and other random little assorted bits of bonus content from other people as well. When we have more backers, we have the ability to do things like host these shows. We can also save up money to do things like live shows. And we're currently working towards trying to work on a video series, a limited run video series with Spooky Spouses doing some ghost hunting. Um, but we can't do that on our own. So, you know, heading over to patreon.com gets you bonus content and gives us the ability to do more awesome content for for you. I wanted to also let you know that a week from tomorrow, uh, there is a brand new show coming to the Scavengers Network. It is an actual play podcast made by Beth Lindley, Tracy Wheatley, Daniel Spencer, and myself. Um, it is The first season is using a game called Occult. There is no GM in that, so it's all narrative, improvisational storytelling, and we all just sort of have to go along for the journey and trust each other. It is unbelievably fun. Session Zero drops next Friday. Um, I will put the teaser trailer for the show at the end of this show, just so you can get a little taste for it. Next Friday, which is the 5th of April, brand new show, first episode ever of Apotelesma, that is spelled A-P-O-T-E-L-E-S-M-A. Um, it is available currently on Spotify and iTunes, 
and should be up on Google Play and everywhere else shortly thereafter. All right, well, that's it. Um, Like I said, I am so sorry for missing the last episode. I said I wasn't going to miss anything until we hit at least a year. That was my main goal, but, you know, being as sick as I was, I literally couldn't even sit up to, like, pay attention to an episode, let alone actually, like, edit it and go through things. So it was just, it just made more sense to just miss it and come back to you this week. So this episode is dropping to you on March 28th, which means that we will be back for the finale of this arc on April 11th. Um, alrighty, that is it for all of our announcements. That should do it. And so now let's hop over to the episode that Lindsay and I recorded. Hello, Lindsay. Hello. It's me, so, Lindsay from Historical Hotties. <laughs> um, so normally we have some some heavy character development stuff happening, and we had a little bit more than usual, I think, with 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 a couple characters. So we're gonna spend some some quality one on one time with these characters because it will be important information either for this arc or coming up very shortly after. So we, you know, we need to start laying some groundwork on these characters. Uh, so we're going to essentially hop right into it. The last time that we saw Noctis, they were standing next to Mikhail in the snow. And they were about to be attacked by a creature that Noctis heard, uh, heard Mikhail describe as a Wendigo. Mm-hmm. That is the last moment that we saw. However, this is not picking up directly at that moment. We are having a little bit of a flashback. Now, I believe in the first episode of this arc, you stated that Noctis is, I think, a couple of weeks, uh, for lack of a better term, like old. Yeah. <laughs> or brought into this dimension, rather. Um, Has been just a couple of weeks ago. and conscious for a few weeks. Yeah. Right. Yes. That's the. That's the. It's such a hard thing to say. Cause it's like it's not exactly born, <laughs> but how do you describe that? Yeah. So okay. Um, now I have a couple of questions uh, before we get into sort of the the biggest question. Um, the first one is when Noctis awoke, where did they find themselves? Uh, on a mountaintop. Uh, in the middle of the night, and there was a big storm happening. Mm. Were they alone, or were they surrounded by others like themselves? They were alone. Does Noctis know who summoned them? No. Okay. Uh, so what does Noctis... Let me... Uh, this might be kind of a loaded question, but we'll, <laughs> we'll just sort of try this. What does Noctis... No, or at least upon arriving on this realm, on this planet, uh, is there anything that Noctis just sort of already knew, or was it kind of very similar to being born, and it's just sort of like, from here on out, Noctis is learning everything? Um, Noctis sort of woke up, became aware on the top of this mountain in the middle of a storm in like a stone circle. And they knew that they were 
summoned, created as part of something. They knew that there was, Mm. like, a ritual. um, And they know that there was, like, gathering darkness around the hilltop and stuff, which is part of why they ran away. Um, And they they have an idea that it's... They have an idea idea that it's a ceremony i they i don't know that they would understand the word apocalypse but they right. know that it's to like end things um and mm. they you know uh kind of liked that even those first moments of consciousness like liked existing because they kind of have a vague memory of being in the void and not really being anything and so they like sensation they liked they didn't want it to go away again immediately so they ran away what was noctis's first week like on this on this planet on this realm in this realm rather uh they were in the middle of the woods somewhere so they were pretty far from people for the first like week or so we're just kind of wandering around uh, looking at things, taking things in, they find pretty much everything really interesting. So, you know, just examining mm-hmm. animals and plants and rocks and everything. And then about a week after they started to exist, they stumbled near like humans. Um, and they were first really intrigued and started going towards it because there was all of this new kind of stimuli that they had never seen right. before. Uh, and then as soon as they saw humans, humans started freaking out at them uh, and like screaming and throwing things at them. They got shot at, all this kind of stuff. So they learned pretty quickly that the other things that are vaguely them shaped that walk around and like talk to each other and stuff, uh, not a fan of them. Something about them really disturbs people and they picked up on that pretty fast. Uh, But they still were curious, so they started snooping around and then, like we talked about, they discovered food, which has been one of their favorite sources of sensory input since they've (laughs) existed. I mean, also, they're very partial to, like, fuzzy blankets, so... Mmm. That's an an interesting addition. Um, I also enjoy it. You know, I don't know anyone who doesn't like a fuzzy blanket, so I guess that... (laughs) I think that that definitely tracks. It's pretty universally positive experience. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, has Noctis made any friends at any point? Like, has there ever been anyone or anything, whether it's a, uh, um, a cryptid, uh, that they stumbled upon or a woodland creature or like a small child who wasn't frightened? So far, they haven't really talked to anybody. They have eavesdropped a lot and they've figured out, mm-hmm. like, they seem to be able to read anything. Even if they don't have context for the word, when they look at it, it seems to make sense to them, like they understand it. Um, And they so far seem to be able to understand language pretty easily, too, like any different languages or anything seem to, even if they don't have context for the words, they get like an understanding of them when they hear them, but they don't know anything Mm. that they haven't heard or read yet. So they've been figuring out a lot about people um, by like snooping. They haven't really interacted with anyone yet. Okay. Um, and so the mountain that you were first sort of – that you first awoke on mm-hmm. uh, and then you've sort of traveled around a bit, how far have you traveled uh, since that moment to now in uh, in Grace Falls? I would say probably like a 
couple hundred miles maybe because they can walk a lot and they don't seem to need to sleep, but they also were not heading anywhere directly. So it was a lot of wandering around. Right. Wandering aimlessly a little bit, just sort of going where the wind takes them. Yeah. Um, that makes sense. Okay. Um, now other than people has Noctis run into anything else. Uh, Noctis has been very interested in animals and saw a lot of them first. Uh, notice that most things seem to be scared of them. Um, although, uh, like, wolves seem to be pretty chill with them. And bigger predators um, are weirdly, because predators are usually more territorial, kind of okay with their presence. But most animals are very scared of them. And so it's hard for them to get close uh, and really, you know, interact a lot with animals. Sure. Um, okay. So here's sort of my my larger loaded question here. Um, and I, this is sort of where the mini adventure almost uh, starts. The the right sorry the red right hand mm-hmm. um, that sort of takes takes the spot of a or wait does it specifically say right hand i know it's a red hand yeah it um, says red right hand okay i, I wasn't yeah. sure if i was if i was uh projecting that one because i am right-handed or if that was an actual <laughs> term um yeah it's it's a it states red right hand okay cool 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 so the the red right hand uh what was the first time that you sort of understood that this was mm, maybe the word for it would be powerful mm-hmm. or what was the first time that you had to use that hand and not just for, you know, cooking or like picking something up, but like, you know, like, uh, the first moment in which you understood that, whoa, I have an ability, basically. Yeah. Well, as of right now, it's only happened a couple of times when they were emotionally, like, upset. While they might at some point be able to do it intentionally without being scared or angry. So far, it's only happened unintentionally when they were scared or angry, like when uh, they were shot at by a human. And their okay. their hand turned red, and they put it up in front of them and stopped the bullet. Um, but they also noticed that the hand like wanted to go after the human, like they felt it a pull, um, and they just decided to run away because there was a lot of people, and you know, they didn't. This right. was the first time really interacting with anybody, and could clearly pick up on people being scared of them. So, sure, sure. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Also, it gets dark sometimes around them when they use it. So, ooh, okay. So, what does that look like specifically? Like, just in the matter of it, sort of, there's kind of an absence of light, or like actual darkness kind of emanates. Well, their their sign of the apocalypse is um, like creeping darkness. So. Mm. It'll just like shadows will get darker and then get bigger than they should based on available light sources. Um, And like darkness will sort of start to accumulate around them, which is one of the things that they noticed on the mountaintop, too, when they like woke up. 
Ah, okay, okay. Um, and is any of that also somehow linked at all to sort of Noctis's hair? Because I I know that we also discussed that a little bit. Like Noctis doesn't have hair in the traditional sense. It is what looks like hair, but is just darkness, if I'm yeah, not their mistaken. hair and their eyes are just darkness, and it looks like black if you don't look at it too closely. But if you look mm-hmm. at it, you notice it's actually just darkness. And right. you know, so I imagine when the gathering like darkness happens, that maybe it comes out of their eyes and hair as well as like gathers from shadows. Sure. Um, okay. Now. The mountain that you started on, do you know where that mountain, like, is? Or, like, you know, geographically, like, where this sort of started? Like, Noctis might not know, but do you... I didn't have any particular place in mind. Okay. (laughs) In case it, Um, like, affected anything story-wise, I was open to that being anywhere, so... Sure. Okay, um, so, uh, let's see. So, a mountain, then kind of halfway. As Noctis is wandering aimlessly one day uh or I, I actually we i think we also discussed this in the last episode because we record so with so much space in between sometimes it's hard to remember certain aspects noctis tries to mostly like move and stuff like that during the evening if i'm not mistaken because it's easier to be not seen or mm-hmm. that's just when they choose to do things like cooking it's when they choose to do things around people because it's easier to not be seen and mm. they don't seem to need to sleep. So it's when people right. have like kitchens empty is like four in the morning. So sure, sure. Um, so so they do most of their human stuff, stuff around humans at night. Mm-hmm. So it's okay, but travel can still be during the day. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um. So Noctis is in the middle of uh. A, a little bit of a journey of, of self, in a way, I suppose. Um, so Noctis is on this sort of journey of oneself a little bit, still learning a lot about the world, still learning a lot about themselves, and still learning a little bit uh, about what it means to be here now, and perhaps even what it means to potentially forget one's, uh, not, I don't want to say destiny, but maybe the intended purpose. That's probably... A good way of saying that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think very frequently, if you do want to think of it a little bit as a birth or being brought into the world, um, I think sometimes what someone's parents might believe that their child may go on to be or do mm-hmm. is sometimes very different than what they do go on to do. Um, you know, uh, like the amount of you know, fathers are like, oh, my son's going to play football. And then the kid's like, I want to build computers. And the dad's like, okay, well, guess we're building computers. Um, so Noctis has kind of a lot going on and is still learning a lot about what it means to be tangible. I think that's a very interesting aspect about this particular hero journey is that Everyone else's past is dictated by a human experience, whereas Noctis has uh, a very, very short past, and or at least, again, physically, and a kind of a longer past uh, of, of remembering what it means to be not, 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 not real. Is that the right way of saying that? Like, not 
brought forth, perhaps, or what it means to be a summoned that has not yet been summoned, maybe. Um, but we are only a couple, you know, I'd say maybe 50 miles or so away from, from Grace Falls. We're just a few short days before the adventure begins. And Noctis, you find yourself, uh, you know, the, the normal wooded area that you had been traveling through, uh, there's now, you're now starting to find something different about the ground and the surroundings. Uh, the trees are still staying about just as green as you had first experienced, but now the ground is beginning to change around you. The ground used to be brown and green as well, and is now starting to take on uh, some white, some a little bit of crunch as you uh, get closer to the mountains in which Grace Falls lies. Um, and you sort of have two different options here for, for travel. You can stay within the wooded area that is on the flatter area of the ground, or you can kind of travel amongst the, the wooded area that creeps up the side of the mountain. Um, do you have a preference to which way you travel? I think probably through the wooded area. Okay. Um, so you are traveling through the wooded area and, and noticing also not just with the foliage difference, perhaps, but also a little bit of a difference in the type of wildlife. Um, noticing a lot less of certain varieties of animals and um, starting to notice more kind of larger birds of prey. Um, a few more rabbits, but that just simply look a little different. They're a little uh, lighter in color. Uh, squirrels are becoming a little bit more scarce. Um, and uh, perhaps you already know the words for these. Perhaps you don't. Uh, that one I'm not 100% sure on. Again, like kind of like you were saying, you have an idea of what these words mean, but there's no real basis, I guess, for them just yet. Um, there's a lot of understanding i mean in a way it almost feels as if like someone who's coming out of a coma uh yeah. is like kind of now sort of rediscovering the world um and sort of finding out what this what this new normal means for them um and i think finding a new normal is something that a lot of people can identify with and uh the sun is is uh starting to go down a little bit um, it seems as if there's no town immediately nearby. Um, however, you do come across in the middle of the woods, uh, an abandoned house. Um, it is mostly dilapidated. It's not huge, um, but it definitely has uh, a couple floors to it. It's like a, kind of like a wooden cabin, but, um, Again, you know, it's it's not just like one floor and one giant room or anything like that. Um, this clearly used to be some sort of family home, whether it was a getaway or uh, or whether it was where they actually stayed. It seems as if no one has lived here for, gosh, I don't know, 15, 20 years. Um, and uh, you are now standing outside of it. Um, you have the house in front of you. There is a... Um, a building kind of back and behind, like to the side a little bit. 
sort of like a, a very small barn. Um, and uh, there is a old truck that is uh, off of its tires and is on cinder blocks outside as well. Uh, what do you do? Um, I sort of approach uh, the truck and peer around, look in the cab. Nothing seems terribly interesting there. Um, so I kind of approach the cabin and peer in the door. Um, okay, why don't we do an investigate a mystery, maybe? Or, uh, yeah, and we'll just kind of... Uh, well, no, let's let's just do it as a general roll, just to see basically how much you can see. Okay. Because I feel like, you know, there's no monster or anything like that here, so, you know. Okay, well, I only got a four, <laughs> and my okay. sharp is uh, minus one, so... <laughs> okay, well... Uh, in that case, you don't see much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it is kind of a thing of, you know, because of where the sun is, is basically in the sky and within the trees, there's not much light um, that is hitting with inside the house. Um, and so you do see generally within like the very immediate front door area, uh, but that is about it. You can see that there is a small bench uh, immediately on the inside um, and a little, a little home sign, like a homey sign rather that says, uh, God bless this mess. And, uh, there are some abandoned like shoes and boots of a couple different sizes, uh, just kind of there by like right underneath the bench, as well as a closet door to the left. And then a open doorway into what, what would obviously I would, I would assume be the rest of the, the house, but not much past that doorway is caught to your eye. Wait, sorry, real quick. Did you say the screen door or sorry, the screen on the door or the window? Sorry. Uh, the door. Okay. That's why I thought all of a sudden my brain was like, wait, <laughs> did we say window? And I just gave the wrong room. Okay. No, perfect. I okay. peeked through the door. Okay. Um, yeah. So that's, so that's what you see. Um, what would you like to do from here? I open the screen and step inside. Okay, uh, so once inside, uh, it is, it's pretty eerie. Like, you're used to silence, but this is, I don't know, this is, I don't, has Noctis, yeah, <laughs> has Noctis ever felt the heebie-jeebies before? Um, I mean, Probably the closest would be when they woke up on the mountain and they knew that they were part of something mm. that was going to end things and they didn't want to stop existing. So that would probably be the closest they've had to having the heebie-jeebies about anything. Sure, sure. No, actually, I think that's a perfect, that's a, that's a really perfect answer, actually. Um, so you, you kind of start to have that similar feeling. Not quite as strong, but something isn't, something just feels off to you. Um, and I think a, a better way of describing the silence that I was kind of failing at earlier is that you're used to silence just because of being in places like the woods or being in underpopulated areas. But this is like when it, there's an uncomfortable silence, like when yeah, it's you're more in the a place where of sound than just no sound happening. Yes. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, 
it's a lot like if you've ever been in a classroom where a teacher is now disappointed and they've just stopped talking. (laughs) And it's like, you can still hear things, but it's like, it is so uncomfortable. Like you're like almost afraid to move because you're like, I can't be the one that makes the shirt sound. You know what I mean? Um, It's kind of like that where it's like, you're almost like hyper aware of every sound that you make because it just feels amplified, especially in this small little walkway. Uh, But as you press further in, uh, you come across just a scene that seems, a scene that seems, that's a weird sentence, (laughs) Uh, you come across a a living space. Um, There are some steps going up towards a loft area um, and a couple uh, doors attached to that. And uh, then there's also a doorway uh, on the far wall. And uh, then w- basically where you are standing is a kitchen that is uh, completely barren and kind of falling apart. Like there's like a cupboard door that's basically only attached by one hinge. Uh, some of the doors are open and barren. Um, and everything is coated in a fine layer of dust. And what little light there is, when you do look into that light, you can see the dust particles just sort of hanging in the air, just sort of suspended by nothing. Um, and uh, one more time, I will ask, what do you do? Um, I go check out the room that's across the kitchen. Okay. Um, so you walk across and... You open the door, and it is actually a kind of like a small little stepping space. And then there is a set of stairs that goes underneath the kitchen area and under, you know, like back towards a little bit towards the way you came um, and leads you down to a basement. Um, Would you like to go downstairs or would you like to stay upstairs? Hmm. I'll go downstairs. Okay. Uh, So as you go downstairs, you find... uh, How do do I describe this? uh, This may be a dumb question, but have you ever been to a Cracker Barrel? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I have. Okay. Uh, It is very reminiscent of a Cracker Barrel in the basement. It is that (laughs) thing where it is just a random assortment of... Items that maybe should be outdoors, like farm, you know, <laughs> materials, like just sort of suspended both from the ceiling and from the walls, and also some random toys that don't really have to have really seemed to do with each other or with these things that are on the walls or anything like that. There's a few shelves that used to have things on them. Um, there are some some books and some other things. Um, there is a window that has a very small hole in it um like maybe like a rock went flying through it um but uh you know and and so all you hear essentially is the breeze rolling through uh and as you are making your way down the 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 row here of the shelves and looking around you hear a car roll up and through the the small window there's just a little bit more light 
as uh, the car lights, the headlights rather, kind of kind of barely eke through, and it illuminates this room just a little bit more. It is somehow even more dusty and disgusting, <laughs> and uh, you have this weird feeling that like the room is just sort of like damp, and you're not even sure why. Um, but the uh, out of ev- everything that you have seen so far, this has felt the most uninhabited uh, out of any space. And you hear two car doors open, and then they close, and uh, you hear two different voices. Um, there is uh, two two gentlemen who are a little rowdy, and uh, one of them says, "He's he goes, oh Riley, okay, so here here's uh no, what is this voice? Hang on, He's I got it. Canadian." <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to get into like like the Wisconsin, Idaho, Montana, uh, that area. Mm-hmm. But like, man, I struggle with that accent so much. It's hard. Um, it's nebulous. I know. Uh, oh, okay. I know. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'll I'll do a little bit more gentle. Okay, I know. Uh, okay, Riley. So we're gonna go inside, and uh, we're gonna roll the cameras, and just gonna get a, a little bit of B roll before we start going, but. Um, this is where they say, this is where they say it all went down. Um, this is where the, oops, I gotta get a name. Uh, this is where, oh yeah, this is where the, the Roberts family used to live before the old man kind of went off, went off his rocker. Uh, they say they, he came in from chopping the wood one, one winter morn and took the axe to the rest of the family. And, uh. Riley, his friend, goes, mm, okay, well, whatever you say, man, like, that's fine by me. Yeah. <laughs> He's Kermit the Frog. Oh, yeah, that's right. He is kind of Kermit. Oh, man. Uh, I gotta... Sorry. No, it's fine. No, it's just, fine. he's kind of adorable. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, see, because the thing is, I don't want to have anything bad happen to Kermit. Okay. I know. Um, <laughs> I just got sad because I'm probably okay. going to kill Kermit. Okay, wait, here we go. This is a little bit better. Like, I kind of like, like, the gross surfer dude kind of guy. Because, like, if something happens to a gross surfer dude, like, that's yeah, fine that's by fine. me. <laughs> and uh, he goes, okay, whatever you say, man. Like, let's let's just get this stuff going. I, I don't know. Like, usually when we go places, dude, it's not this weird. But something feels off about this place. And so they... Uh, they uh, start to set up their cameras and you realize that you are now trapped in this basement and uh, two little ghost hunter boys uh, have entered the house. Um, so uh, what do you do? Um, they've entered the house, but they haven't shown any sign of coming down to the basement yet, right? Not yet, no. I think you probably just stay there for now. Okay, um, so you're kind of, uh, let's see, are you just sort of standing, or are you trying to duck behind anything, or? I'm just sort of standing where I was, kind of having walked into the room uh, when they pulled up, and I'm just sort of standing sure. there listening. Okay, sure. I'm a little so, tense, um, you know, like, but not not hiding or anything yet, because they haven't shown any sign of. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. 
So uh, you hear them kind of walking around a little bit. Most of the conversation is just a little bit about, you know, again, getting that B-roll. And he's like, okay, like, you know, you get the front door and like, I'll get this place and you get here and I'll get here. And, you know, some kind of hushed tones and like, you know, pointing and stuff like that. And you hear the floor creaking above you and stuff. And then finally, after a few minutes of that, he says, uh, okay, man, I think, I think we're like ready to roll for real though. And and he's like, okay, yeah. All right, Riley. Uh, and so he turns to, to Riley and says, um, okay, yeah, well, uh, whenever, whenever you're ready, I'll, I'll, uh, the camera's ready to go. Sound, sounds good. Uh, and you can, you can intro. And so Riley, uh, takes his spot in sort of like the middle of the, uh, floor above you. He's not that far, uh, in front of you, actually. And, uh, you hear him say, let's see, what, what should I name his show? That's the one thing I didn't figure out here. Hmm. Ghost Detectives? Yeah. Hmm, let's see. Uh... Okay, yeah, that, yeah, that, that works. Um, and so, you know, you hear, okay, three, two. Hey, what's up, everyone? It's Riley. Yeah, that's right. We're back for season five of Ghost Detectives. Uh, <laughs> as always, I'm your PI, your paranormal investigator, Riley. Ow, ow, oh. And he does like a really, really bad <laughs> werewolf howl. Um, and he says, we're starting off season five with the best thing that we could possibly bring to you, the old robber's cabin. And once again, he, you know, makes some sounds or whatever, clearly indicating that in post, they should probably put some air DJ horns. More than likely, <laughs> his friend will not go and edit that. Um, and uh, and they'll just leave his awful sound effects in. And he says, uh, the old... Uh, sorry, the, the old, I keep saying the old, and I'm just trying to say the story. <laughs> the story goes like this. One day, old man Roberts, Brandon Roberts, was out chopping wood for the family. It was a cold December morning, and uh, they say that maybe one of his kids just talked back a little bit too much, or maybe they asked too many questions. We've all been there, right? Like, why is the sky blue? Uh, why won't you take me to get ice cream? All those random questions that kids are always obnoxiously asking. And then they say that he just couldn't take it anymore, and he took his axe and went to the kitchen table and just started hacking. And then, here's the best part, man. They say that he took their bodies and he buried them in the basement and he lived here for three whole years all by himself while his family rotted in the cellar and then finally one day, sickness overcame him. Um, and let's see. I think, um, okay, here we go. He says, so there's there's definitely three main haunting spots here in the house. The first one is the bedroom that he stepped in, the one that they found his dead body in. We're going to check that out in just a little bit. There's also the kitchen area. Right at the kitchen table, there's definitely a lot of material happening there. We're sure you could probably hear the voice of someone crying out still to this day. And lastly, 
we're going to check out that basement, man, because you know we got to find out if the bodies are still there. And so they cut, and um, Mike goes, okay, yeah, well, uh, yeah, I, I, I thought that was pretty good, but let's keep her moving and get uh, get the next shot, okay? And he's like, oh, okay, Riley. I mean, no, he's Riley, sorry. <laughs> okay, Mike, yeah, let's, uh, I'll take your word for it, man. And so uh, they begin to move around. So obviously you heard all of this, and you know that at some point they're coming your way. Um. What what is your plan? How are you going to to get out of this? Are there any windows in the basement? Because you said when that car pulled up, it got more light in the basement. So are there any like windows higher up? Uh, yeah. So there's one of those like kind of like small half window sort of situations, or I guess it's more like a quarter window. Um, I'm not sure how gangly, for lack of a better term, like how like you know like thin <laughs> really. Noctis yeah. is. Um, Noctis could potentially fit through it, but uh, would more than likely have to knock the window out. Okay. So I think if it doesn't look like I can fit through the window very easily, I will sort of creep to the top of the stairs because they talked about doing the bedroom first and then try and sneak out past them when they go into the bedroom. Okay, sure. Um, so uh, let's do uh, let's do an act under pressure roll. Okay. Uh, seven. Yeah. So okay. So it's gonna be. Uh, I get to. I get to make a hard choice on you. Okay. So. Um, okay. So you're. Okay. Uh, yeah. No. I know how this will play out. Okay. And uh, and it'll be a, a good way to get us get us out of here, I think. So uh, you're at the top of the steps, and you know you you make it up there all right, and uh, you hear them start to 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 move out. They they you can kind of hear them not that far away from the door. Um, they're in the kitchen table area. Um, they're doing like EMF readings and putting out multiple different tools. Um, to, to, to test to see if there's any kind of activity. Um, they're most likely definitely fudging some of it, um, (laughs) because, uh, you know, I don't know how to say this. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, they're, they're definitely kind of fudging some of it. Um, but it's not, you know, too apparent, hopefully, um, at least for their, their, for their viewers sake. And then uh, you hear them start to move upstairs, and you hear a door open um, kind of above you, and they step into a bedroom. And so now you have your chance to escape. So you're doing exactly what you said, right? You're, you're, you're starting to move out, uh, and, you know, because they, they obviously now are not near the front door. And then on your way, the ground creaks. And it's not like a little, this is like, it sounds like the floor almost gave out. Okay. And it's a very loud groan. And you hear someone say, oh, did you hear that? And he's like, oh my God, dude, he's here. And uh, they both start to rush towards the stairwell. What do you do? Uh, run for the door. Okay, so as you're running, 
Uh, so as you're running, um, you you hear the sound of a shotgun being cocked, and you hear Riley say, "Don't you fucking move, man." So I hunch and feel it's starting to get darker around me. And then uh, my hand starts to glow and get bigger. Is this the... uh, This is after I've already been shot at before, right? Yes, yes. Okay. So yeah, and this time I don't... I don't fight it and I think about my hand... Uh, getting bigger or like I think about it happening this time mm-hmm. instead of uh, and so my hand gets brighter and bigger and the shadows get really dark around me. Okay. Uh, so he starts to take a step forward. You can hear because you know again your back is to uh, to the, the two and individuals. Uh, you hear him take a step and then immediately cry out and he gets thrown across the room. Um, and now, uh, Riley with a shotgun is basically like through a bookshelf, essentially. Um, he is kind of slumped onto the ground. Definitely. I mean, he's still up, you know what I mean? I mean, like awake rather, but definitely, definitely hurting. And uh, Mike goes, oh, gosh, I can't believe it. And standing in the center of, uh, of, of Mike and you is now an apparition of old Brandon Roberts. And he's standing there with an axe in his hand. And uh, he is looking pretty pissed. Um and he's making his way towards um, Mike, who all he has to defend himself with is a camera. Um, so what do you do? Do you give in to the hand? Uh, do you uh, help the ghost? Do you help Mike? Or do you run? I... I think that I would try to, let's see, it's between me and Mike, so I can't really get in front of it. Right. The ghost is. Correct. Okay. So then I think I would use my red right hand and try and uh, grab the back of the ghost. Okay. Um, And I know that that probably, whoops, sorry. I know that that probably sounds like a odd thing (laughs) that you're going to try and grab a ghost however you notice that well sorry maybe to to Lindsay that might sound you know wild i'm not sure if noctis fully understands what a ghost is or what should not be possible but the the giant or not the giant but like the 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 he's a ghost sorry but the ghost stops in in his tracks uh because your red hand Con- makes contact um and he turns around and he is now facing you and is very confused um 
So what is your your goal here? Are you going to try and uh, like buy them time to escape basically just by like kind of like doing like a protect them or are you going to kick some ass? Um, I think I, I would, you know, grab, since I've grabbed Ghost now, and I just kind of look at Mike and, uh, tell him to get out, just like, hiss and mm-hmm. <laughs> tell him to run. Okay. Um, and Mike says, oh, okay, yeah, let's keep her moving. And runs <laughs> right past you. And it's just such uh, a non-plus way to Uh I know, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's mostly because that's one of the only phrases I can say in that accent. Yeah, no, I like it. Um, I like Mike. <laughs> uh, but I also like the fact that like he's like, oh gosh, and you know, Mike is like, What's up, motherfuckers? <laughs> like I like that I kinda like that dynamic. Like it's kind yeah. of like somehow very pure. Um and uh, I will say this though, Mike does not stop to, to check on to check on Riley, <laughs> and uh, Riley is still sort of like kind of trying to gather himself up, but the ghost is not paying any attention to to Riley, and Riley is quite a few feet away and is close to the door, um, so should be able to make an escape. Um, so now that you've hissed and. Definitely, at the very least, saved Mike's pure and wholesome life. Okay. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, what would you like to do? Um. I mean, I, I I would just hold the ghost there if the ghost is letting me hold it there. I think I didn't, you know. But um, I didn't get the feeling that he would be the chill kind of dude who would just <laughs> let me hold uh, him while the no, humans escape. No, definitely not. Uh, the the general. What's the word for it? Like his general kind of confusion at first mm-hmm. definitely has worn off, and uh, he's 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 mighty pissed now. And he, uh, while originally was just holding the axe sort of by his side, he is now getting ready to pick up that axe and take a mighty swing. Um, so he's definitely coming at you. Okay, so I'll roll to kick some ass. Okay. Uh-huh. That is a nine. Okay. Um, and uh, let's see. So remind me real quick, what does the, what's the act, the effects rather of, of the red hand or the, the attributes? It's a plus three harm. Uh, hand magic replaces my normal unarmed attack. Like it Damn. has to be in hand to hand combat range. Right. Yeah. Man, that's uh, plus three. That's I actually think that that's the only weapon that we've seen so far that's plus three. That's pretty crazy. <laughs> um, uh, but actually, I I really dig that because I think that it makes sense here narratively. So uh, he is you know coming at or like rather you kind of turn back just in time to notice that he is now you know swinging this axe and. Um, because he's a ghost and it's not a real axe, it's gonna, it's definitely gonna hit you. Um, because with a nine, you're both gonna deal some damage to each other. Um, and it does still kind of make a small cut, uh, but I would, I would definitely say it like this. If that had been Mike, Mike would probably not be faring as well. Yeah. Well, I, I, um, I'm pretty tough. I have 
plus two tough, and then one of my attributes is uh, should I feel that, which is my body has a natural plus two armor. Oh, snap. That means that, okay, you know what? So it hits you, but it actually doesn't do any damage then, because <laughs> I was going to say it does it does two damage, because I thought it was one armor, but that's two armor. Yeah, so, it doesn't stack with anything, though, so I can't, you right. know. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. like, yeah, if, if anything else happens, sure. Um, so definitely you feel it, you know what I mean, like that, and it's like that thing of, I guess in a way, it's kind of the equivalent of like maybe getting punched once in the gut kind of thing. It's not yeah. really going to do any real damage to you, but it is going to kind of like, it's still going to kind of take you back a little bit. You're like, whoa. Certainly probably more than Noctis has felt anything up until this point, so. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, you've had like guns fired at you, but nothing's ever landed. Uh, this is, I would say, the first time something has truly like hit Noctis. Um and so uh, Noctis has just had a brand new experience, uh, and I'm going to guess that they don't like this one. <laughs> no, no, no they're, not a, they're not a super fan. No. Yeah. Uh, and there's definitely, again, a moment of confusion. This ghost has, um, well, to, to be frank, he's, he's definitely taken a, a, a few weary travelers much you know much like the ghost detectives uh because people keep coming in and messing with his with his with his spot uh poking their noses in areas that they shouldn't be in um however usually when he brings the axe down or across someone uh they usually don't continue to stand (laughs) (laughs) and there is a moment of genuine kind of even as a ghost something of the paranormal world who uh, probably does know that there are other things out there, has a brief moment of, although they they don't say this out loud, there's definitely an expression on his face that's like, what are you? You know? And uh, that's when your attack lands. Um, And uh, tell me what it looks like when the hand... uh, Essentially, we'll go with the word decimate. What does the hand or what does your attack look like when it when it strikes someone and lands and also is like a devastating attack? Hmm. Well, I mean, it doesn't really give specifics. So I say I could go with I would say probably because it's a glowing red right hand probably burns. Um as well as like the impact of it, there's probably like burning as well. So um, sure. I think I go, you know, to. I mean, punching seems like kind of the natural thing, but for some reason, I feel like Noctis would try and rip his head off. Don't. That's so buck wild, and I love it. <laughs> I look. I, I will say this: like you know, you, anything that you want it to look like is definitely what it looks like. Like you know, I'll dictate. Uh, things like the surroundings and stuff like that, but the way that your attack lands or hits or whatever, that's that's all you. So it can look however you want it to. Okay, so uh, as the hand gets like redder and bigger and Noctis has let go of the ghost with that hand to try and attack him and swings mm-hmm. their hand down and 
tries to grab the ghost's head and tries to twist and pull it off. And there's like a sizzling sound when the hand makes contact with the ghost. That is so brutal and metal. (laughs) And I love it. It's very metal. Um, This ghost, something that should not be able to necessarily be immediately touched. Um, it, uh, it drops its axe and its hands go up to where your now larger hand is and kind of tries to grasp at it, but it is, it is just simply too late. Um, and you see it sort of kind of grab onto like where your fingers are. Essentially it makes one attempt to pull your hand away and it just fails and you see the strength kind of fall out and then almost a la infinity war even though this is going to break my heart to say this out loud because (laughs) that ending wrecked me also spoiler if you haven't seen infinity don't listen to me describe this um kind of much like the ending of infinity war just sort of turns to dust a little bit like not like literal dust but the image sort of fades away not evenly, you know, like just right, like into ash. Right. And and uh and uh now in your hand uh is nothing but uh there's there's a little bit of kind of like soot almost basically on the floor and uh there is this black ash uh in your hand and uh you hear behind you just the the words dude what the fuck are you and it's riley and riley is in the doorway but has watched this whole thing um what do you do mm, after being a slight moment before Riley talks of being kind of excited that I just barbecued a ghost. Um, <laughs> I think run at the opposite wall and kick a hole through it and run away. Uh, I think that that works. The second that you start to move, even if it's not directly at him, he does just run for the car, just screaming. He's <laughs> not sticking around. Even though he had a shotgun, he is no longer feeling like a tough man. And... Uh, you know, he's rushing off and, uh, you know, he's, you know, yelling out, you know, to Mike going like, dude, come on, we got to get the fuck out of here. And he's like, oh, I yell, yo, everything's in the car. We got to get moving. And then they're like, you just hear them yelling at each other. And, you know, Mike going like, I can't believe you didn't go back for me. He's like, oh, there wasn't enough time. And like, you know, they're they're kind of getting into it. But you hear the car rip on and peel away as you are rushing in the opposite direction. Um, I'll say that, uh, just, mm, I'll say that maybe like you just sort of like dive through a window essentially. Um, and, uh, you know, that, that's how you sort of make your great escape and you are rushing off towards the snowy mountain, um, as they are tearing off through the woods back the direction that they came from. Um, and as Noctis is uh, making their great escape, um, there is 
two small things that happen. The first thing is that you notice that your hand is still the way that it has been, basically, for for a brief moment. Um, and the glow kind of very slowly subsides. Um, and I'm not sure whether Noctis hears this or if it's just something that we, the listener, hear kind of within the wind as Noctis continues to uh, run and just get some space between themselves and this house. All you hear is one single word uh, through that you know, just kind of hover through the air, essentially. And that word is simply good. Mm. And as this flashback fades away into a distant memory for Noctis, we are back right where we left off. We see Mikhail, who has just retrieved his sword. We see a Wendigo staring down at the two of them. And then we see another, and then another, and then two more. And as these Wendigo begin to circle around them, our focus shifts one last time to Noctis' right hand and we see a familiar red glow. My name is Apollonia Frost. Uh, my friends call me Loney. My name is Eleanor Moore. I go by Ellie. I am Sven Janssen. I'm Darren Creed. Coming up on the big 3-0 and not knowing what I'm doing and not being where I wanted to be by that time has been really stressful, and I am wondering why that is making me return to Star's Fall. Why now is my dad's condition bringing me back to Star's Fall. Why am I returning to Star's Fall? Ten years ago, I left this town in my rearview mirror. Why am I returning to Star's Fall? <laughs> <laughs>